Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word? Well, if you will, I don't like to, to tell people what to do. I really don't. I don't like to tell folks what to do. But if you're ready for the word, it'll challenge you later for you to, to hold true and faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, if he'll preach the truth, I'll help him. That's not a masking a lot, is it? Amen. God bless you all, and I'm honored that you're here today. You've made the service what it is. We're going to be talking about influence today. Uh, Mother's Day is a, a very influential time, and we're going to be talking about mothers. I heard a little different quote than this the other day, but I, I turned it around, and I'm sure somebody said it before, made it their own, but it was more along the line of fathers. But it says, Mothers, teach your daughters how to be ladies. Before the world teaches them how to be men. Mothers, teach your daughters how to be ladies before the world teaches them how to be men. Ooh, that was real good the first time, but the second time it sunk in, didn't it? I want to show you the power of one woman's influence. It's an influence that's lasted 120 years. The official Mother's Day holiday arose and the movement started about 1900, some say 1902, it's a result of the efforts of a lady named Anna Jarvis, the daughter of Anna Reeves Jarvis. Following her mother's passing in 1905, Anna Jarvis conceived an idea in her mind that her mother should be honored. She was a, a great equal rights for all women proponent of the day and she felt like that she should be honored and so she started a movement and she wanted her mother honored and she said you know truly without mothers the world is just not the world and we ought to honor them 120 years later in 2022 we stand here where Mother's Day, not always in May, but Mother's Day is celebrated on every continent. In almost every nation, not all, there's, there's, a, there's a good many still out, but in comparison, almost every nation. Because one woman, one woman in a time where women didn't have a lot of rights in any nation said, we're going to honor women. We're going to honor mothers. And we're going to celebrate ladies. So today, we're not going to do anything real, real deep, challenging. Maybe a little different type of message, but it's going to be all right. But we're going to celebrate your influence. That's what we're going to do. We're going to just celebrate the influence of mothers, 
and ladies that are mother figures and have influence on society. And Lord knows we need more of those. Amen. And in that, we're going to go to the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 1. Tremendous book. I love the book of Ruth. So many miracles in the book of Ruth. Chapter 1, verse 1. Before we read, happy birthday, Sister Henry. Anybody else got a birthday today? Happy birthday. You kind of got cheated, didn't you? <laughs> For folks that are born on holidays, you just kind of get cheated. Ruth 1 and 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn. Just real quick, sojourn means to just be there a little while. In the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of his wife, Naomi. And the name of his two sons, Milan and Chilion. Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came unto the country of Moab and continued there. They went to sojourn, but they continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. They took them wives of the women of Moab, the name of the one Orpah, the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years, and Milan and Chilion died, also both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. I want to preach to you for a few minutes, 30 minutes. A mother's influence. Is there anybody in this place that a lady influenced your life? Man, I hope all your hands are up. I hope all of you got your hands up. I, I hope there's a lady somewhere that taught you how to be a father, taught you how to be a husband, taught you how to treat a lady. I hope there's a man too, but we'll get to that on Father's Day. But I hope there's a lady that had influence in your life. And if not, I hope there's some spiritual ladies been placed in your life. Let's pray together about a mother's influence. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your power, your spirit that we felt in this place today. Thank you, Lord, for the baptismal that's going to be happening at the end of this. Lord, thank you for everything you're doing. You're an awesome God. You're an on-time God. We don't always understand you. We can't always track you, but we always trust you. We always know that the end is going to be right. Just to ask you to move us with your message, just as you moved us with your song. We'll give you all the praise and honor and glory in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Just say amen with me if you believe and love the Lord as you're being seated. I want to preach to and for and from mothers today, mother figures today. And just to remind you that you have a voice. You have value. We, we live in a society that would like to degrade women. Believe that or not, everything that screams for is not always for. Sometimes the, the long run is against and it hurts and harms and brings destruction and division. But 
Today, I want to just let you know, we've got to have you. We need you. You're important. Your influence is important to our children. Amen? Well, just help me. I know it's a holiday. It's tough preaching on holidays. But we're going to get it, we're going to get it done. But we're going to hear read uh, about a wife and, and a mother named Naomi. Naomi was faithful to her husband in so much as that she follows him into a spiritual and physical disaster. I mean, when you read this, you, you, you begin to study where they left and where they went, what the culture was of the world that they went to. And uh, I didn't find her anywhere kicking and screaming, even though she very possibly knew that where they were headed was not a good place. And when you've got Bethlehem, you stay out of Moab. Amen. It's just the truth. And so Naomi was the wife, and she followed. She she done what she was expected to do, but she never expected to get there. I, I would propose to you that she may have put up a fight. She may have went kicking and screaming. Had she known in just a few short years her husband would die outside the gates of the church. She, she probably would have went kicking and screaming had she known that her two sons, Milan and Chilean, would also die in Moab. They were just going to be there after all, just a little bit, and then they were going to get on home and, and do the right thing. But she went along and as a good wife would in that day and in that culture and in that time. She's a very, very broken woman. We read a lot about Ruth, but Naomi gets looked over a lot. And you know, without Naomi, you don't have Ruth. So we got to look back at the roots of where this great, miraculous woman of power and authority came from. She came from a broken woman. A woman whose heart was broken at the loss of two sons. A woman whose heart was broken at the loss of a husband. And some of you know that feeling. Some men know the feeling of losing your wife even in recent years or months. And, and ladies, your, your husband and, and many, your children, you've faced it, you've been there. It's the toughest times, and it's clear in the latest, in the later writings that when you read about uh, Naomi that you find that she was not only heartbroken, she was very embarrassed. She was broken down in every kind of way. It, it, it just took its toll on her, and I want to tell you, mothers, ladies, influencers, I know we live in the tough time that I mentioned a little bit ago and I know that a whole lot may be asked sometimes and a lot is required sometimes in raising children and keeping up with men and taking care of the house and some holding down a, a full time job and still keeping up with everything but I just want to applaud you today without you we don't have a church Without you, we don't have a wife. Without you, we don't have family. Without you, we don't have the pure influence of a mother's nature. You mean something. I don't care what the world says about you, how low or how far you're degraded. You are important to the kingdom of God. You're a miracle worker, believe that or not. God uses you to create. Oh, man, here we go. So here both young and old would have to be seen through the heartache of death 
and loss. It's, it's a husband and his children. And all of a sudden, she is alone there just with two daughter-in-laws of that land. They don't believe what she believes. They don't come from her culture. They, they don't act like her. They're, they're, they're not responsive to things like she is. But we, we read things and we hear things all the time about just such situations and what happens. Many times uh, we bury our heads in the sand. Many times ladies just refuse to try to make whatever is wrong right. And I just want to tell you good Christian ladies. I want to tell good spirit-filled ladies, people of prayer. I want to tell you that when you make the right choice, you have the temperature of your house. Believe that or not, I, I, can, I can be mad. I can be grumpy. I, I can walk around the house with my head down and things are, are bad. And all it takes is for my wife to say one sweet word and the whole house changes. Now, if she's grumpy, I can say something. I'm not in the mood for it. You know, it's a fact, though. In, in a house that's well-balanced, she determines the temperature of the relationship. I mean, she can, it's, it's, it's pretty easy, too. It's something built in, y'all. I don't know what it's about, but it's, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. But uh, we know, and, and we know that the enemy would come and try to destroy Naomi, and he's done a pretty good job of it. He's carried her to a foreign land. He, he stripped everything from her. And in this day, she, she really could not question her husband. It was really uh, the day. She had no rights. Women were very, very much just, just instruments to, to bear children and, and, and tend to the needs of the house. And, and so it was a different time. But I want to tell you something. Something got in the heart of Naomi that she didn't forget when her husband died. She didn't forget when her sons died. She didn't forget when she's standing in a foreign, sinful land, a land full of what would be modern-day atheists, didn't believe in her God, did not accept her God, worshiped false gods and idols, and, and didn't do anything like her. And she finds herself with no man, no children, nothing. She's sitting there with two daughters-in-law that don't believe what she believes. But something came up inside of her, and she she was fixing to be an influencer that would change the world to this day. Oh, man. Watch this. When everybody died in her life and everybody left her, she's embarrassed, she's lost, she's heartbroken. It, it, nothing, nothing can replace, nothing can repair. Where do you go? What do you do, Naomi? What happens your daughter-in-laws are from Moab. You, you, you should, you know, you ought to just walk away. They don't believe what you believe. But all of a sudden, the strength of this mother began to rise up and something on the inside of her said, I don't know how the church is going to receive me. Oh, I'm getting ready to preach. 
I don't know how the church is going to accept me because I went into this foreign land with my husband and, and he's allowed all these terrible things. We were just going to go a little while and sojourn, but when it's all over, we've given up everything we ever had. I left completely full and I come back with nothing and I'm, I'm embarrassed and I'm heartbroken and my spirit's broken and, and I'm depressed and oppressed and, and I'm wore out and things are just not good, but, but I'm going to do something something that the rest of the world may not do. I'm going to hold my head up and I'm going to march right back. Watch this. Remember the daughter-in-law. She's got two. Ruth 1 and 16 through 22. Watch what one of them says. This is where we get the book of Ruth. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee. Don't, don't try to get me to leave and stay here or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. This tells me she was influencing people in a land of sin. It tells me she was influencing people in a land of hurt. She was influencing people in a land of death. No husband, no sons, but she's an influencer in Moab. Where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? You know, when you've been gone a long time and there's been that much sin and that much destruction and that much loss in your life, sometimes you're hard to recognize. The world has a way. And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi. Call me Mora, for Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. She says, I've gone from a name that means blessed to a name that means bitter. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. I want to just say, although the people around her made poor choices, the people around her did not do the right thing. Things. She lost her husband, I say again, and she lost her two sons, the very thing that made her an influential mother. But now she's, she's declared by her own tongue that she is bitter and she's empty and she has nothing. But what she does have is she's got this daughter-in-law and, and, and uh, legally and spiritually, and I looked at to make sure again today that the word daughter-in-law means a daughter according to the law. It's equal to an adoption in this setting. So she's got a daughter that she brings back. This daughter's not a believer. She's not of uh, almost a virtually different race. It's a completely different. You just have to go look at Moab compared to home. Everything is different. She brings her home. She, she uh, introduces her to the people and she says, I don't have anything with me. She didn't acknowledge Ruth as anything because she knew how her world felt about a Moabitess woman. Watch this, but watch the influence. While she's done nothing 
to deserve all of these things, really, except just be a good wife and follow her husband. All of a sudden, it's, it's starting to be realized that she has influenced her daughter, Ruth. She's influenced her to a point that her daughter says, I was raised up worshiping idols in Moab. I was raised up looking, acting, talking, being like this. My worship is different. My act is different. My daily life is different. What I eat, what I drink, where I go, everything's different in Moab. We don't have the same crops. We don't have the same grains. We don't have the same water sources. Everything's different. But if you'll go, you've influenced me so much I'll go with you. I want to tell you something, folks. When you can bring somebody out of Moab that that's all they've ever known, you're an influencer. When you're somebody that they'll trust enough to walk away from their comfortable surroundings and say, I will go to the house of your God and I will worship him and the only thing that will ever separate us will be death. I will be there. You've influenced somebody. This is the moment where God begins to honor Naomi and he begins to honor Ruth because see, in that day and in that time, now that daddy's gone and two sons are gone, the name, the family name, the lineage dies and, 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 and Naomi is crushed by this. She says, my sons are not going to produce children, meaning that their daddy passed away and nothing will be carried on in his name. There will be no land. I'll have no inheritance. There will be nothing waiting for me. I won't have a job. I won't have a title. I'll have nothing. But the Lord put this little Moabitess. Woo. Something's fixing to change the culture of the remainder of humanity. Watch this. Ruth 2. They get there, verses 1 through 5. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap, hap right there, it means fortune or big plan. Her big plan was to light or be on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Watch this. See, here's the kinfolk of the man Elimelech that's died. This is how that the plan is to reconnect the family so that Naomi can have all that she had coming to her. It's a plan. It's in place. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto the servant, unto his servant, that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? All of a sudden, the Lord has taken a broken woman, but her influence is not broken. He's taken a woman that don't have anything to offer, a woman that has no inheritance, a woman that doesn't have a husband, a woman that doesn't have any children except a, a, a Moabitess woman that she's calling her daughter. And, and, and he's fixing to start doing miracles. But time can't tame. Let's jump to Ruth 4. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. Watch this. 
When he went in to her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it on her bosom, and became nurse unto it. And the woman, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. See who they say it belonged to? Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Hey, I'm going to preach to you, but let me just read this one promise. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 12 said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. I want to preach to you that when the world collapsed around this woman, she refused to lose her influence. She refused to let her heart smile. She refused. She refused to let her heart not smile. She refused to not be on display. She refused to be broken openly and publicly after she had made her statements and they recognized her. She sent her daughter into the field and the Bible says that a child was born and they named that child Obed. I want to preach to you for a minute that Obed became the father of Jesse. Come on. Jesse became the father of a king named David. David became the root and the father of a man named Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ became God incarnate that lives above and in us all today is Jesus Christ. Here's what I want to tell you. If you won't lose your way in Moab, if you won't lose your way at the funeral home and at the cemetery, if you can smile again, God will restore to you the influence that you always had and much more. Somebody hear me preach to you right now. I'm just preaching a few more moments here that there are women in this place. You've been hurt. You've been talked about. You've been torn down. You've been ridiculed. You've done things that the world says you ought not do, but I want to preach to you today that through all the pain, through all the death, through all the heartache, there's an Obed coming. There's a Jesse coming. There's a David coming. There's a Jesus coming. There's a future coming. There's a Savior coming. Jesus Christ himself. He didn't say, I just came in one kind of pure blood. I didn't come in just one kind of pure way. But down the line somewhere, there's a Moabitess girl that a woman had influence over named Naomi. And through that brought Christ Jesus. Somebody ought to hear me right now. Well, my, my mom and daddy wasn't, what can you be? But my parents, what can you be? They're just alcoholics and drug addicts and left me. And I never knew my parents. I never knew anybody. I'll tell you right now, if you'd begin to serve the right God and get your life in line with his plan, he would set you up in a place as an influencer. He'd make something special out of you. He could bring salvation to people that you know. You have influence. 
I would propose to you today that yes, Jesus would have came. He probably still would have came through the Virgin Mary. It still would have worked. But we would not have been able to track his earthly genealogy back to a woman that had lost it all. One woman. One woman made her mind up. I'm not going to die in Moab. One woman said, I'm going to make my way back to the house of God. I'm going to go back. I don't have a husband to take me. I don't have any sons to follow me. I don't have any blood daughters to go with me. But anybody that will go. And she was such an influencer through her pain and through her sorrow that she carried the kinspeople of Jesus Christ out of Moab. Ladies, I want you to hear me. Hear me right now. I hope you don't have a man that talks down to you. I hope you're not a doormat in your home. I hope sometimes you can stand flat-footed and pray on your own. Yes, do things in order. Do things the godly way. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You have value that's greater than hell would want you to know. You have influence that's greater than the enemy would ever want you to understand. You're influencing people you don't know. You're influencing the next generation. You're influencing children that are not yours. You're influencing. Somebody needs to hear me. There is a mother's influence that's powerful and it's authoritative in the world today. Teach your daughters how to be ladies before the world teaches them how to be men. Somebody hear me right now. Hear me, man. Hear me, lady. We've got to lift these ladies up in our world. That's a gift to every man. Come on, I know there's, there's men that think they're God's gift. I know, I get it. But I want to tell you something. Without your sweet bride walking beside you, you're another hollow shell. Now, that, that don't go for the folks that's lost a wife to the grave or, or something's happened. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord is going to restore. He's going to renew. He's going to revive. He's going to give you the influence. He's going to restore your man. He's going to restore your ma'am. He's going to put things in order as God intended them to be. It may come out of Moab, but Jesus Christ will be born. I preach to every person that's been divorced and sitting single today. I preach to every person that's had one or two wives or two or three husbands and you're sitting today and you're trying to find your way to God and you're saying, what is my influence in this world? I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. Right now, while things aren't perfect, you have more influence. It's easy to smile when you're on the mountaintop. Where you influence people is when you're in the valley, when things are low, when times are hard, when things are tough Cindy can I preach about you for a minute can I just for a minute how long ago has it been now since that terrible tragedy day seems unreal seems like yesterday but seems like forever eight and a half years I'll tell you something Cindy doesn't realize she doesn't say a lot she slips in Reach a few folks, slips out. She'll say a lot when you get her away. She's quite a talker. She's fun. But I want to tell you something. I will never forget that call. I'll never forget 
when, when a crazed man come into the home of her children and took both of their lives with a firearm. We had them right here laying side by side, one of the toughest moments in my, in my pastorate. But I want to tell you something. Between the day of their death and the day of their funeral, we had church here. And there was about a five-foot-nothing influencer standing here saying, I love you, Jesus. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what all the future is. I don't know what's going to come out of this. But I want you to know that she became an influencer. She probably don't even realize it. There's people in this church today that watched you stand in the valley of Moab. And out of that is birthed a whole lot of hope. I've heard people say, if Cindy can do it, I can do it. And many sit here today because somebody had influence when influence wasn't cool. Hear me, mama, don't give up. Hear me, daddy, don't give up. You're going to make it. You may not make it out of there with your husband. You may not make it out of there with your wife. But I want to tell you something. If you can stand to your feet and keep praising God, when you cross out of Moab, there's going to be a little release. Oh, it's going to hurt to say goodbye. But when you start getting close to Bethlehem and the altar starts loving you again and the church starts pulling you again and hope starts coming again, I just challenge somebody right now before we get ready to baptize. I, I, I just challenge somebody right now. It's been a struggle. Well, Pastor, that embarrasses me. That shouldn't embarrass you. You're a human being, and you're going to have struggles until you walk on streets of gold. Don't mean you're a sinner. Don't mean you're an addict. Don't mean you've been messing around and gambling the farm away. That ain't what it means. It means you're a human being that has flesh and blood flowing through your veins. And as long as you're one of them, you will have heartache and pain. I've asked the question a lot of times. How different would life have been? How different would life have been? If Saddam Hussein's mother had the right to speak. But culture said no. How different would it have been if Adolf Hitler's mother would have had the right? How much different could life be if each and every one of us made our mind up? Even in Moab, where there's death and destruction and divorce and addiction and calamity, I'm coming out of there. And when I come out, hell's going to know I showed up. Hell's going to know I went to the pasture of the harvest with a purpose. 
I went to find what can redeem my name. I went to find what can redeem our future. I went to find what can redeem our land. I went to, somebody ought to stand to your feet right now and just say, God, I don't want no more of Moab. I want to walk into Bethlehem. I may have lost a lot. I may be hurting. I may be bad. I may be sick. I may be down. But I have got a plan. Somebody help me get ready with baptismals right now. Brother Jarek, somebody just get all that set up. I, I want to preach to you for two minutes. Singers, get ready right now. I want to preach to you. Soft-spoken woman. Maybe more boisterous. Business owner, homemaker. You don't let anybody make you feel bad because you stay home and raise children. Nobody. I'm thankful for every woman here that's got a career. They deserve it. If they work for it, they deserve every single thing. I'm thankful that we have ladies that teach Sunday school and ladies that sing in our choir. I'm thankful for all these things. I'm thankful. But the world would try to say, if you're not here, come on. You're not less than. You don't ever let anybody in this world convince you that you are less than. You're strong. It's, it's a new word on social media and across the world, a political spectrum. You're an influencer. You may not have 125,000 followers, but if you can get one sinner from Moab, God can and will do the rest. Somebody's watching you. They're wondering, how long are you going to hang on now that things have gone wrong? Listen to me, men. Listen to me, everybody. How, how, how long can you hold on now that the collapse has come? How, how, long, how long will you be able to play an instrument? How long will you be able to sing? How long will you be able to carry on? I would propose to you, as long as you're walking towards Bethlehem, you just keep on shouting. As long as you're walking towards not just Bethlehem, but Bethlehem of Judah. What is that? That's home base of praise and worship. As long as you can send up a sound, heaven will pick up on that signal and will restore to you everything that the world would try to strip away from you. I wish we'd stand together all over this building. I want you to hear me. Man, you have a jewel. If you have a wife... If you have a mother, if you have a sister, if you have a daughter. I've got three beautiful daughters. They're all here today. I want to tell you something. They influence me. They make me better. My wife makes me a better man. Why? Because they have a connection that's not rooted in Moab. Can you imagine the moment that Naomi said, you know what? I know this is what my husband wanted. I know this is what my sons agreed to. I know they fell in love with these women over here. and I probably ought to just stay right here where they've already accepted me. But I think I'm going to just head on back to the house of praise. I think I'm going to just head on back to a place of worship. 
Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara because I'm, I'm bitter. But boy, that didn't last long, did it? Obed, Jesse, David, Jesus. Say it with me. Obed, Jesse, David, Jesus. God can take Moab. He can take Moab and turn it into a revival. He can take Moab and turn it into eternal salvation. Into an unforgotten crucifixion. A death, burial, resurrection. And the infilling of his spirit. Watch this. I'm going to go back here and baptize Joshua. And then Joshua... Yeah, yeah. I know it was Joshua or Jeremiah. I knew I was in the Bible there somewhere. Hey, and here's what we're going to do. When he goes under, he's going to go under in Jesus' name. And I want you to think about something. As soon as his head breaks out of that water, I want you to think about something. I want you to think that the name we're calling, the bloodline, although thin, there's still a string of that blood that reaches to a place called Moab that was the deepest of sin and the ugliest of environment. And Jesus said, I'll see to it, the world knows there's a string of blood in Moab. <laughs> hey, I want them to sing. I want us to worship. Peyton. Isn't that the first time? Hey, we got we got to do something. We missed something. Before we baptize, get ready. Get ready. Come here, Bishop. You can just come here. I see you. Just just show it. Show him off. Just show him off. Look. Look. First time in service. Thank you, Peyton. I bet this is a special day for you. It's bittersweet to you. I know it is. Just lost your mother. I know you wish she was here. But we don't know how it all works, but maybe somewhere she's looking over today. Oh, yeah. Happy. Hey, here's my question as they get ready to sing. Is there anybody that'd like to walk to this altar and just say, God, I know where I'm at. I know where I ought to be. And I'd really love to use some of my heartache to influence somebody out of Moab. Come on, walk to this front right now. We're going to have baptismal. We're going to get out of here early.